the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. We are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom. My friends at Tandem HR, your solution center. Check out their website, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510. You can call in with your questions, comments. We love your feedback. The studio line here in the beautiful Elk Grove Village studio of AM560 WND is 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. Once again, you can call in with your questions and comments, including for our very first guest, Cody Peters, who's uh, joining me here in studio. Cody, welcome to Get Down to Business. Hi, Shalom. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, Cody, you are with a wonderful company that is very passionate about giving back to community, uh, May Corporation. Tell me a little bit about it. Yep. So, uh, May Corporation, we provide workforce solutions. Uh, so that can mean anything from new technologies that are always coming out uh, and always changing everything of how you operate your, your day-to-day. Uh, and ultimately, we want to help you be more efficient. So how we do that is through helping you hire the correct type of people uh, for your business. And it's uh, fun, actually, as I was just uh, playing around uh, just before we came on the air, looking on the website at all the positions that you guys are filling. Yep. Uh, it varies. I mean, lots of interesting positions, and yep. you guys are really, really good at that. But um, and more about make in just a moment, but I love to talk about, as you know, the person behind the microphone. So let's uh, let's talk about you. How did you end up at Make? What are you passionate about? Uh, what uh, what what has your career looked like? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's it, it's a, a combination of everything to end up at Make, right? And it's kind of uh, it's brought me to a place that I'm very confident in where I'm at, and I feel that I can really make an impact to the people around me, the community that I'm that I'm within, uh, but also the business that, you know, I've come to really enjoy and, and, and respect quite a bit. So, um, you know, it all comes from being consistent. And, and I guess that would be my ultimate passion is just trying to be consistent, right? Family, friends, life, business, uh, opportunities, learning. You have so many different things that, uh, pop up. It's, it's, how do you keep, how do you keep control of everything? You know, and it's, do what you can and then right. kind of let the rest go. And uh, you're in an interesting line of work because you sort of have to be a jack of all trades. If you are yeah. going to do a great job for your clients yeah. um, in a, as we said a moment ago, a wide variety of different positions, mm-hmm. you really have to understand a lot of different things. So make, um, if I'm not mistaken, you guys are uh, certainly have a large presence in Illinois, but mm-hmm. uh, you also are elsewhere in the country. Yep. Also in Texas. 
Yep, in uh, in Houston area, and um, you know, have a great team down there. Uh, Everybody is on the same page, which is you know, obviously what you what you strive for in a company. So you know, from a foundational level, uh, makes really done a good job of setting the tone for the people that they that they employ to do a good job for the community. So, what kind of positions? What kind of companies are you working with? So, we're working with any companies that um, you know are Fortune 500 companies that have uh, you know a large base of new projects that come out, and a lot of them nowadays are you know, IT related, right? Technical uh, development related projects because of the things that are, um, you know, going on with the changes in technology. So we're seeing a lot of <laughs> a lot of different application development projects and, and things of that nature. Well, that leads me to my next question, which is uh, about the trends in uh, in mm-hmm. I'll call it business in general, but certainly mm-hmm. in the industries that you're focused on. Where do you see things uh, over the next few years? Uh, well, obviously, technology is is going to play an enormous role. Um, you know, it, it's it's interesting because uh, the the business allows you to see those trends, and it and it really um, you have to be focused on understanding how you're going to help your client. Right? I'm not just coming in and saying, hey, you know, here's a bunch of, uh, of different people I can put in these jobs. It's not what I'm there for. I, you know, I'm, I've been tasked and, and given the ability to go out and actually speak with businesses and find out their pain points and, and how we could potentially help them hire efficiently and hire people that can help them get jobs done that they are currently working on, have, have continued to get more work that they just can't uh, you know, supplement at that moment. But we bring in the people that are fitting with their culture, right? People that we've actually taken the time uh, to know and, and some we have experience with some don't um, but you know we have a formula that that you know in a foundation built with our you know our, our recruiting base that we find uh, you know we really want to find the candidates that are going to be good for for your business right because it's you know everybody's important chatting with Cody Peters of make corporation um, Cody you do a lot of networking you're very involved in community uh, let's talk about community first um, you're encouraged to make to uh, be involved in community tell me a little bit about the company's yeah. culture and philosophy in that regard yeah so like I was saying make is a, um, a very very interesting culture it's something that I, I haven't personally been able to be a part of yet in in my career and and why I'm so enamored with with doing a job and making sure that I'm doing the right things right laying the correct foundations to you know as we grow as a business and as we grow as people you know within our business that we grow together um, so make does a lot of work with um, uh, you know the Special Olympics our, our president our CEO is uh, on the one of the board members for the Illinois Special Olympics um, and we are very much encouraged to you know go out and donate our time and and have these other experiences because that helps us grow as people and if we grow as people we have that opportunity to to go to those events with people uh, individuals we work with and uh you know it just it, the bond and the the understanding of of you know why you go to work and and you know if you can call it work <laughs> at the end sure. of the day i guess that's uh that's the ultimate goal well, it's an incredible organization and it says a lot about uh the company and the in the culture and the philosophy that you're in yeah. um that that is encouraged but uh, cody you're also very involved in networking and certainly yeah. you are an entrepreneur um mm-hmm. you're helping a lot of uh, a lot of companies with their growth uh tell me a little bit about some of the organizations that you're involved in because i know you and i met at a uh at a wonderful organization and uh, shameless plug. Uh, let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah. So uh, the the organization I'm most involved with currently is called True Mentors. Um, it's a group founded by uh, our one and only Quinn James. Yes. Um, He's been on the show. Oh, has has, has uh, Gary Rabine as well. Yep. Yep. Some phenomenal, phenomenal uh, individuals that are a part of that group. And it's it's not you can't really call it a, a you know I don't know how to categorize it right. So not a networking group. They're not a. It happens uh, to be networking does take place, but that's, oh, absolutely, that's, that's, uh, right. It should yeah. take place. Yeah. Right. Um, But it's really a a group you can get together and you're with like minded people that all have a goal that want to better themselves. And it's it's hard to do that. Right. It's easy to say you want to better yourself. 
but applying an action to that is is much different and that's where that's where you know you need some of the you know so, uh, sort of support system um, but you also want somebody that's going to give you advice that's unbiased and not this is what you need to do but here's how I've done in the past and gives you the ability to understand how you might be able to you know take little nuggets of that and you know incorporate into your own business that you're developing your own thought processes so Cody as you've been involved in the world of entrepreneurship in the world of business mm-hmm. what advice would you have for somebody that might just be getting started on their own what advice have you picked up and uh, would you want to share with uh, with our listeners yeah um, don't quit <laughs> there's a there's a lot of um, obstacles and there's a lot of things that come up that that you can take in a very negative light uh, and the important thing is to keep your understanding of your end goal understand where you come from and, and your morals and your values and and what drives you uh, and remember those in those in those difficult times because there are a lot a lot of lonely nights and and difficult times that you go through as as uh, somebody that is helping start or starting your own business and you just got to be ready to take them in stride you know go with uh, go with the flow of how the business takes you do what you can right what can you control in the situation and and you know you you, you handle the rest as it comes up that's great advice uh, hopefully uh, folks are listening and will take advantage of uh, of that advice but I know you've got a lot of other advice and you are an incredible networker <laughs> yourself what um, how how can people reach you uh, if they want to learn more more about make corporation as well as uh, perhaps network and uh, talk to you a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, always, always open to uh, the, a conversation, right? I, I mean, we can always learn from any experience. At least we should try to be learning, right? Because not every experience might be profitable or or good for you know your business that second or your personal life that second, but it can be. It can be extremely impactful. So uh, please, I urge you to go to our website, um, makecore.com. That's make, M-A-K-E-C-O-R. Dot com and you can you know see all about what we're doing at, at make what we're involved in outside of uh, the workday um, and then you can also uh, email me at Cody that's c o d y at makecor dot com m a k e c o r dot com Cody at makecor dot com and uh, be sure to reach out uh, to Cody if you want to learn more about getting involved in Special Olympics because I know that's something that uh, that's very much uh, a, a part of the culture at at make and as much as uh, you can talk about business you can also talk about community as well and yep. there's nobody better that knows. More about this than, our, uh, than again, uh, Cody Peters. So, Cody, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me, Shalom. Absolutely. Well, coming up after the break, we are going to be talking a little bit more about business process and ways that you can improve your business process. Uh, Lou Fallick, from, uh, from, uh, who understands the Feuerstein method, and we'll talk some more about that, coming up after the break. You can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website, ShalomKlein.com. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter, constantly posting lots of events, information, content, that will benefit you in business. I promise you. Check it out, ShalomKlein.com, and you get a sneak peek of who's going to be in next week on this show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And uh, be sure to check out our wonderful sponsors at Tandem HR, your solution center. Lots of changing regulations as it relates to Obamacare as it relates to taxes. We just had our tax filing deadline. And uh, if you want to stay in compliance, you want to check out their website, tandemhr.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. Be sure to mention that you heard about them on Get Down to Business. They'll give you a free consultation, and the advice is priceless. Give them a call, 630-928-0510, TandemHR. Check out their website, tandemhr.com. We're going to be back in just a moment on Get Down to Business with Lou Fallick. You don't want to miss it, Chicago. Don't touch that dial. Returning in just a moment.
Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by my next guest, who is a very well-regarded scholar in residence at the Forreston Institute. Uh, Professor Lufalik, thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. You're very welcome. So, um, pleased, to be, pleased to be able to talk to you. Absolutely. So, Dr. Falik, um, we've been talking, uh, I, I've been hearing a little bit about this, uh, this experience called MLE, which I think uh, stands for the Mediated Learning Experience, and how it enhances mm-hmm. somebody's performance in business and, frankly, other areas of life. Dr. Falik, please, uh, please demystify this concept for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's no mystery because all learning, has to have a quality of mediated learning experience in it. And mediation is the way in which we help people to um, understand more deeply the reasons for their decisions, why they think and act the way they do, uh, how to overcome limitations uh, or blockages in their thinking um, or in their, in their behavior. Um, And it's, um, it's a well-developed, uh, carefully designed set of um, parameters. And we use the word parameter because it's not a cookbook. It's not uh, based on recipes. You do this, I say that. You do this, I say <laughs> this. It's based on um, ways of helping people to um, go deeper into their, um, their reasons for thinking, uh, how they make decisions, uh, the consequences of their decisions. And by going through uh, all of a- those uh, steps, the goal is to become better in life. Because often we, we associate that term learning. You think of kids going to school, they learn. Some people continue on for, for higher education. But really, at some point, uh, I, I guess some people think that the learning stops. Uh, Dr. Fellick, you're, you're essentially arguing, no, the learning doesn't stop. We have to learn from our behavior so we can improve our behavior, whether it's in business or our yes. professional life. And it goes even farther because not only are, are, are we able to improve our behavior, we are also able to restructure our brains. Our brains are the most plastic of our organisms, uh, more so than any other organism in the human body. And um, one of the things that Professor Feuerstein started with before he formulated the processes of mediated learning experience, the way in which we teach, the way in which we interact, the first thing he did was formulate the idea of structural cognitive modifiability, that all people, no matter what age you are, no matter what kind of um, limitation you have, physical or educational, has the ability to, every individual has the ability to be modified, not only in their behavior, but also in the structure of their brains. And by that I mean... We can create new neurons. We can create new pathways. We can improve the speed at with, with which uh, information is processed. And we do this through external stimulation. So, uh, we, are, we are experiencing a revolution in understanding how learning occurs. So I, I must ask, um, as we have this conversation in April of 2018, uh, the, we are talking a lot about AI and artificial intelligence and how machines yes. essentially are doing a lot of the thinking for us. Um, does mm-hmm. that mean that our brains are not being stimulated or exercised enough? Well, there are two ways of, there are two ways of thinking about that issue. 
Um, I was just reading an article in Time magazine, a uh, current issue of Time magazine, uh, where they're talking about artificial intelligence. And um, the scientists are beginning to feel that the devices for artificial intelligence will actually enhance our ability to learn and develop if we organize our experience to do so. You can get dependent on devices. You can stop thinking. Uh, you, 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 people are going to lose the ability to read maps because you don't have to read a map and plan ahead anymore. You just punch a few things into your cell phone and it tells you where to go and how to do it. So um, on the one hand, the revolution in sciences um, may create dependency and a lack of, of learning facility. But on the other hand, we can uh, deepen tremendously our, um, our understanding of the world. Uh, and this was understood many years ago. 20 years ago, one of the first Feuerstein interventions in business and industry was in the Motorola Corporation in Chicago, where we train middle-level managers in mediated learning experience and how to use thinking tools to enhance the um, production line performance uh, in, in other countries as well. But I thought that given sure. who I'm talking to and where I'm talking, uh, the Chicago experience is very meaningful. In fact, uh, so just we, down the road uh, is uh, is that uh, is, is Motorola uh, fascinating. So, Dr. Valak, it, it's it's interesting because you mentioned it earlier that uh, that we have so many things being thrown at uh, at us professionals on a daily basis. We have to make decisions yeah. uh, about uh, how how we gather information, uh, what's relevant and irrelevant for the business, how we prioritize, how we assess different needs, and certainly something that I know all of our listeners uh, struggle with and we've talked about it quite a bit on the program is time management and and all of the all of the factors and calculations that go into it. So uh, of course in a few minutes we're going to ask you to share how people can learn more, how people can get in touch, how they can uh, perhaps start that that road um, to uh, to to call it self improvement. But uh, what advice do you have for our listeners uh, tomorrow when they go to work on Monday morning? What sort of things can they do to exercise their brain and start to prioritize and process information in a different way? Wow, that's a big question, and it would take a lot more time for me to uh, uh, comfortably answer it given given the situation. But it's um, looking at what we call cognitive functions. How do you uh, assess, how do you gather information? How do you um, use the information you've gathered to identify what is the problem that you are uh, needing to deal with? And then how do you bring that information and, uh, and, a, and a process of what we call elaborative thinking into play? Um, there are games, there are tools that will look like games to, um, to the, to the non-initiated. Um, but, uh, doing, continuing to exercise our brains through, uh, things like crossword puzzles, um, various kinds of uh, interactive games, um, even the games that, um, that we can play on our, um, on our smartphones, on our devices. Um, I like to think about it as um, um, gymnastics for the brain. Um, now, if there are people who have a limitation, they haven't learned as well, uh, they, um, they have areas where they, they, have not, they, they don't feel like they have skills to concentrate 
or focus or make decisions, then there are Feuerstein programs that can be used. Um, and there are several people in the uh, Chicago area who can uh, 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 help people get in touch. Uh, looking at Feuerstein on, uh, on, on the Internet, um, there are some fabulously important projects going on in South Chicago, uh, helping people um, uh, enhance their, their uh, vocational skills through, uh, through learning uh, mathematical and um, decision-making processes uh, coming out of uh, Chicago State College. Um, so there are a lot of options uh, that uh, are available, but it's really opening oneself to an understanding of um, the, the ability to learn, which is not restricted to age, which is not restricted to uh, uh, prior educational experiences, uh, or to, you know, physical or um, other kinds of limitations. Well, uh, Professor Valak, since we are since we are indeed running out of time and already you've shared so much great, uh, so, so many uh, great nuggets of advice and information. Um, I, you are the senior fellow, senior scholar in, in residence at the Feuerstein Institute. Um, Feuerstein is, is a concept that some of our listeners may be familiar with, but others may not. If folks want to learn more um, about the about the approach, the uh, the methodology, um, where can they uh, discover uh, some more? Go on the internet. Uh, go, you know, uh, Google Feuerstein, Google cognitive modifiability, um, and uh, there are other programs out there. Uh, there are other ways of doing it out there. But um, we're doing some things in uh, Northside Chicago with parents and teachers. We're doing things in South Chicago, as I said, with um, uh, vocational training. Um, so there are activities, and uh, I'd be you know, more than happy to uh, continue this discussion at a later point Fantastic. with you and your audience. Well, we look forward to having you back on. Uh, Dr. Lou Falick, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Coming up after headlines and short break, we've got more for you on Get Down to Business. You don't want to miss it, Chicago. Don't touch that dial. Thank you, Dr. Falick. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And my next guest is the president of the Taxpayers Protection Alliance. And he wrote an op-ed in the Daily Caller uh, that we've got some new sheriffs in Energy Town and their names are Oil and Gas. David Williams, thank you so much for joining us on Get Down to Business. Thanks for having me uh, today. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Taxpayer Protection Alliance in a few minutes. But let's talk a little bit about, uh, about uh, as you said, oil and gas. I know that uh, the, the recent tax reform, tax cuts, whatever you want to call it, um, had a lot of CEOs uh, clamoring for airtime trying to talk about all the raises that they're planning on, uh, on giving. And uh, I believe that uh, we've seen in the, in the world of, uh, again, oil and gas, uh, a little bit of a different tone. Uh, you have a certain perspective on that. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you wrote in the Daily Caller. Yeah, so first of all, the tax reform bill really just gave some juice to the, uh, the economy. I mean, with the bonuses, with the raises, and, you know, the one industry that seemed to be kind of left out, I mean, they left themselves out of this, were the oil and gas industry, because we didn't see a lot of their names mentioned as giving bonuses or raises. And part of the reason is that, you know, the, first of all, the, the salaries are almost double the uh, national U.S. average. 
So we're talking about almost $100,000 is the average someone makes in the oil and gas industry. So that's a lot more than the $50,000 that's the U.S. average. So right off the bat, you know, that sort of explains that. And this tax reform actually is going to help them put about $1.3 trillion into investment, into not only the economy, but, you know, more stuff to be able to extract oil and gas. And that helps us with our energy independence. So, you know, we didn't see the exact bonuses that we saw in some of the other industries, but um, they're using the money. They're using the, the tax cuts to invest back into the country. So the, the final words in your op-ed were that uh, tax firm will be the catalyst that allows the United States to keep its position as, as global leader. Um, so uh, clearly you are uh, you're in favor of, of, the, of the package that was passed, um, and, and you support the decision of, of the executives for, uh, for, for all the reasons you just mentioned in terms of the 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 salaries as they exist right now, but also the investments that they are making. So, uh, David, I'm curious um, to hear your thoughts and your perspective on uh, on the future of uh, the energy industry in general in 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 this country. Uh, there's a lot of conversation about you know the decisions that the Obama administration made, and then perhaps that the Trump administration is is, ro- is rolling back. What will uh, I guess new energy exploration look like over the coming years in this country, and uh, and are the investments that are being made uh, by the uh, by the uh, I guess the improved economy uh, is this the right decision? Are they making the right investments? Yeah. So two things. Right now we have a uh, Interior Secretary uh, Zinke who is trying to open up the outer continental shelf to more exploration and. When that happens, it's going to take a few years. It doesn't happen overnight, but we have to go through the process and make sure it happens. Now, the window may be closing because if we don't have a president that is open to uh, exploration of natural gas and oil, well, then he or she could shut that down in pretty much a heartbeat. And that's why we're talking about this now is that the window may be closing, and we have to set this up for 5, 10, 15 years down the road. And we're, we're talking about energy independence here. I mean, we, we look at OPEC, and every time they hiccup, we pay more at the gas pump. And we have to find a way to, and, and to do it responsibly. We're not saying this is the wild, wild west of uh, exploration. It has to be done responsibly. Um, and that's what you know, companies want to do. So this is about jobs it's about the economy but again like i said it's about energy independence and uh, something that i think is not spoken about enough is uh, the minorities that are filling many of the positions in this industry um tell us uh, a little bit about the uh, uh, again about the, the on the job side the employment side of, of this investment in production that and and the uh, and the impacts that it has now, when we were doing research, this completely blew me away when I found out that um, African Americans and Hispanic Americans will fill nearly 40% of the jobs in oil and gas. I mean, that was phenomenal. And it's, I mean, it's, it's great to hear. And millennials, not really a group we think of filling jobs like this, more, you know, taking pictures of their food and <laughs> posting stuff on Instagram. But they're going to be a part of this and being filling these jobs also. So it's not just a uh, 50-year-old white man that will be getting these jobs. I mean, it's really a diverse group of people. And, uh, you know, that's really good news when you, when you think about it. Well, uh, if, we, uh, if we check out uh, a millennial's Instagram feeds and we, and, and we start to see some pictures of oil and gas lines, then we'll know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get a new perspective on the, on the changing economy. Uh, so, David uh, Williams, we're going to uh, be back with you in just a moment to talk a little bit about your work 
Taxpayers Protection Alliance. I know that you uh, you have been working really, really hard uh, in the uh, 24 years plus in, in Washington, and you're an expert in funding and exposing government waste. Obviously, uh, this op-ed, really, really interesting perspective on, uh, on, on again, the, the energy uh, industry, oil and gas, and uh, and their decisions as uh, in 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 the in the wake of uh, the uh, the tax reform package. So we'll be back with you in just a moment. Um, in the meantime, I'd like to encourage our listeners check out our sponsors, Tandem HR, uh, Your Solution Center. Check them out online, tandemhr.com, or give them a call six three zero. Nine two eight zero five one zero six three zero nine two eight zero five one zero. Lots of changing regulation, and the only way you can stay on top of it is by a free consultation, which our good friends at Tandem HR will provide for you. Six three zero nine two eight zero five one zero. And in the meantime, check out my website shalomkline.com. You can download podcasts from this week on Get Down to Business and get a sneak peek of who will be on next. We'll be back with David Williams in just a moment. Welcome back. We are chatting with David Williams, the president of the Taxpayer Protections Alliance. Uh, David, as we mentioned, 24 years in Washington, D.C., you're an expert in uh, finding and exposing government waste, uh, and you have helped fine-tune the criteria in identifying and ultimately eliminating uh, earmarks. Uh, it's funny, I was as I was browsing through your website, uh, it was a few years ago, but you put together a taxpayer turkeys, um, and you <laughs> identified uh, lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, so you uh, you do not uh, pick and choose, uh, but uh, lawmakers on both, both sides of the aisle that you called your turkeys. So, David, tell me, uh, tell me, first of all, what got you started in this line of work? Well, I, I came from originally from Philadelphia, and when I started this, I was um, Mr. Republican, Mr. GOP. But then I saw that both parties were wasting money, and I really became a nonpartisan kind of person and realized that the solutions are going to come from a nonpartisan point of view. And, you know, it's been very interesting the past number of years to see just the amount of our, our, our deficit, how our debt's increasing, and just how frustrated people are with government spending and really the accountability, the lack of transparency. And, it's, you know, we talked about tax reform. Well, we need spending reform now. I mean, we have a deficit this year that's going to eclipse $1 trillion. And the Republicans are in control. And it's, it's frustrating to see a party that runs on smaller government and less spending really not following through with that, uh, you know, with those ideas. So I'm frustrated, I think, as, as well as a lot of other people are frustrated with what's happening in the government and just trying to find ways to fix this. And as we can see with tax reform, man, it just it was a shot in the arm to the economy. I mean, it was it was 31 years. The last time we had tax reform was 1986. I mean, that's how slow Congress is uh, to pass legislation. And we really need more accountability and a lot more uh, faster response to our problems. So uh, what I'm hearing from you, as you said, you used to be Mr. GOP. It sounds like now you are, uh, instead of perhaps being uh, Mr. Democrat, it does not sound like you are that. It sounds like you're more pessimistic, perhaps, about uh, about both parties. You just said that Republicans are in control. I would argue and say that Republicans, frankly, are not in control. Uh, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm blown away, as, as you are. Are that the party that 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 has talked about uh, 
smaller government is the one that 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 has exploded the deficit and seemingly doesn't really have a plan. In fact, it it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. And I I mean, Democrats, you could say that that the Democrats spend, but uh, Republicans are equally uh, at at fault over here. So uh, you were very involved in in pushing and advocating for uh, for getting rid of the earmarks. Do you believe, David, that the things are better now than a few years ago or worse off? So for the earmarks, they are better off now. I mean, there are still some earmarks that pop up in these bills, but not to the extent that we saw uh, before 2010. And it really was the Tea Party that forced this uh, new, you know, anti-earmark uh, purge. And it was the bridge to nowhere. You may remember the, that earmark back in 2006 that really got everyone's attention. Sure the bridge to nowhere. And not only to get people's attention, but we were so mad that they eliminated it. So Republicans want to bring the earmarks back. Republicans want to bring the earmarks back. I, I mean, you hear about it yeah. in the news and they talk about it openly now. It's not even something to be embarrassed about. Are you concerned that all of your hard work will be for naught? I am. And that's why every year when uh, members of the House or the Senate talk about bringing back earmarks, you know, we go on a complete, you know, PR blitz to stop it from happening because, uh, you know, some of the, the new folks don't realize just what had happened back in the day with the earmarks. So it's, it's like whack-a-mole. You know, this thing comes up and you have to beat it down again. You know, this idea for earmarks comes up. And luckily we have a lot of friends, you know, in the movement, other taxpayer and free market groups that help us. But Man, it's, it's the Republicans are the ones that are bringing this idea back. And listen, I expect the Democrats to want to spend more. I expect them to want to have a bigger government, which obviously I disagree with. But, you know, we need someone on our side. And I thought the Republicans were on our side. And obviously we have a handful of you know, the Freedom Caucus that are fighting. But a majority of them are not. And it's an election year. There are so, many more Democrats, I would argue, that, that, that probably are more aligned with all of the issues that you just mentioned than, than many Republicans. I, I think that, that if you were to complain completely wipe uh, you know, partisan labels. I think if you were actually to examine issue by issue, I think that there's probably more Democrats that, uh, that perhaps are, are, are on your list that might be aligned with, uh, with what you're saying. But uh, David, as I look through, uh, again, the Taxpayer Protection Alliance website, and uh, you have a, uh, a very important list of issues uh, that, uh, that the organization is, is advocating for, again, Congress, defense, earmarks, a lot of different important subjects. Uh, that's a lot to tackle. Tell, tell me a little bit about the organization and how it's structured. I know you spend some time focused on investigations, but a lot of time focused on advocacy. We do. And this really is like a rapid response team, is that when things come up, we want to act quickly and we want to make sure that we talk to the right people on the Hill, talk to the right people in the White House. For example, the United Nations, that's probably our biggest project right now, is the World Health Organization, a sub-agency of the United Nations. U.S. taxpayers funded at $300 million a year. And the World Health Organization is trying to get people to stop drinking coffee. They're saying that coffee causes cancer. Uh, they're trying to get people in Syria to stop smoking. Seriously, this is what they are worried about, people in Syria smoking cigarettes. And they spent $28,000 per person on travel. Now, get this, U.S. taxpayers are funding this. The World Health Organization spent $28,000 per employee for travel, not for fighting disease, for travel. Doctors Without Borders, they spend $1,200 a year per person. 
I mean, this is just how out of control the UN and the World Health Organization is right now. And uh, it's an interesting uh, uh, opportunity to, to, to mention that the, uh, the, the TPA, the Taxpayer Protection Alliance, you are part of an international network of taxpayer and free market groups. We are running out of time, David, but I do want to make sure our listeners can find you online. You could go to protectingtaxpayers.org and you could look up all of the global advocacy work that, uh, that you guys are doing. David Williams, thank you so much for joining me on the air. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll be sure to have you back on real soon. Coming up, we've got more tips, advice, and information for all of you small business owners. We'll be right back after this quick break. Well, that was fun. Some great conversations this week on Get Down to Business. We talked with Cody Peters from Make Corporation, Dr. Lou Fallick from the Feuerstein Institute, and uh, David Williams from the Taxpayer Protection Alliance. Um, had a great conversation with all of them. As always, you can download podcasts on my website, shalomkline.com. You've got a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And we indeed have a great lineup of guests planned. Um, but now it's time for your business tip of the week. And uh, conversation is how we continually increase our sales, retain our customers, and reveal opportunities. The key to exceeding expectations and creating consistent business growth, yet Many of us have developed the habit of avoiding conversation. We default to let conversations where we can edit our words, respond at any time, feel more efficient. And as with any skills that we abandon, we've become more awkward, intimidated, and uncomfortable when it's time to talk. So how can we strengthen our conversation skills? What are the elements of great conversation? The first step is strengthening our conversation skills. It's simple. It's practice with family, friends, prospects, clients. Put yourself in a position where you're speaking to them in real time more often. Next time you poise your fingers above your keyboard, ask yourself if a conversation would be more efficient, more appreciated, more productive, and then pick up the phone and make it happen. And then start with your interest in the other person. A great conversation is not going to be all about you. Be ready to ask about the other person based on what you know. Have they been traveling recently? What's new at their company? What about their hobbies or volunteer work? What's new at the company? What about uh, what about some of the other things that you might know about them? Um, sometimes you'll know those details. Sometimes you have to do some research, but the Extra effort will allow you to create amazing conversations. And listening is essential. You can't listen and be thinking about your response. You can't listen and check email. You can't listen and fret about what you need to do. Next, listening is a full focus in the moment activity where you put aside assumptions, expectations, and intent. You want to hear the other person's word as, as well as what's behind those words, emotions, questions, and ideas. And ask questions and keep asking. Use the words who, when, where, what, and why to guide the conversation or simply say, tell me more. And share your stories, thoughts, and ideas. This is the flow of conversation when two people find themselves learning about each other and appreciating each other's personal experiences. This is where relationships live and where trust is built. It's where sales happen, clients become loyal, and opportunities are revealed. I can tell you, um, just over the weekend, I, uh, I recently... I uh, had an opportunity handed to me, a client opportunity, which I guarantee would have never happened had I not worked on those uh, on those skills, had I not stayed in touch with people, had I not focused on building strong relationships and strong conversation. It's because I focused on on practice. And uh, again, let me recap. Uh, you, you've got to show interest in the other person. You've got to listen in the conversation. You've got to ask questions and you have to share as well. And the best way to do it is indeed by practicing those skills and uh, perfecting it. It's never going to be truly perfect, but if you do this each and every time in business conversations, in personal conversations, you'll find 
things uh, that that will improve, and you'll know when you're doing a good job. Uh, and be sure to ask for feedback. Um, ask, and you'll 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 receive. Um, if somebody's in the car with you, sometimes you might be uh, traveling with a spouse. Ask your spouse, ask a family member, ask a friend, how do you think that call went? And remind them that you want genuine, honest feedback, and hopefully they'll present that to you, and hopefully you'll take that seriously enough so you can improve in your future conversations. That's what it's all about. Again, keep in mind that uh, in most of our situations, in-person meetings is the minority uh, for the amount of time that we're spending on a daily basis in our daily lives. A lot of it is about communicating by email, by phone, and uh, you want to make sure that that conversation and that sort of dialogue is going to be as perfect as it possibly can be. So try it out. Give me feedback. Get in touch with me through my website. Let me know how your conversations are going. I always love to hear feedback from our listeners, and the feedback does come in every week after this program. If you have some great guests that you'd like like to tell me about uh, an interesting business owner that you recently interacted with be sure to let me know get on my website shalomkline.com uh, you'll get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week you can get in touch with our good friends at tandem hr your solution center give them a call 630-928-0510 get on their website tandemhr.com to success let's get down to business we'll talk to you next sunday at 6 p.m right here on am560 Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.